not be the total truth. No, 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 no. See the way society is built today, like a trap. It's built in a way that keeps you in the dark. Trapped. Cause if your light shines through, you might figure out who and what you are. A magnificent being. Don't be scared of that. Do not be scared. That's why I'm here to help you remember. Great morning, great evening, great afternoon, depending where you're at on this beautiful planet or this amazing universe. Welcome to Brown and Spiritual AF Season 2, Episode 1, right? Holy smokers, Missy Seller Garcia. Today we're going to bring up, I think it's a topic of shadows. Yeah, right? shadows. You know that kind of is. I know people hear the word shadow, hear the term shadow. I have this friend, right? She's like, I don't know if I want to face those. This sounds kind of scary because they think of like demons and like scary monsters oh, yeah. and stuff of that nature when i ask people do that they know what shadow work is they, they that's where they tend to, to 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 be guided to right so what is exactly in our tent for today for our topic in the quarters that we're heading for to what can, can you explain to us a little bit more about what shadow is Missy Sella? Yeah, and I think, you know, you and I have had this conversation where I think there's so many different perspectives about shadows, right? I think, um, and you know, what you just mentioned right now about, and what I felt like when you were talking about it was lurking in the shadows. And I hadn't even thought about like it being creepy or scary. Um, but the way that I describe shadow is it's the parts of us, and I'm going to give you an actual definition, but it's the parts of us that sort of creeps up or casts a shadow on the the experiences that we are inherently it's like all of those divine experiences it's love and and um happiness and joy and all the things that we are really entitled to experience in this lifetime and these little shadows are the parts of ourselves that cast sort of this I don't want to use the term darkness, but they make it difficult for us to completely and fully um, embrace the truth of who we are and those experiences of, of our divine experiences of joy, love, um, and even connection to others in relationships. Now, the definition, and I'm looking at Debbie Ford's work, um, she and Deepak Chopra. I'm sorry, say that again. I love her. Yeah. She and a bunch of folks really, there's actually a movie, um, a film that they made about this. It's like a documentary of shadow work. And I'm just going to read a little bit about what she says about it. It says, our shadow is made up of all the parts of ourselves that we hide, deny, suppress, and don't see in ourselves, both the positive and the negative. Our shadow is all the aspects that we reject out of shame, fear, or disapproval. It is made up of any part of ourselves that we believe is unacceptable and that will be met by the disapproval of others or that annoys, horrifies, or disgusts us about other people or about ourselves. And then um, Swiss psychologist C.G. Jung said, our shadow is the person we would rather not be. Ooh, you gave me tingles when you said that. The person we'd rather not be. Oh, that's really, that's really in depth, right? Like there's so many different avenues that you can go with this definition, right? And what's really interesting to me is that you said, you brought up joy, right? So not only is the person we'd rather not be, 
there's also a side of somebody we would like to be. So like, let's say, for instance, if I find a characteristic of somebody that I really enjoy, right, that brings me a great feeling, is that possible that that's a different type of shadow that's with inside me? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I, for me, this has been an, an, uh, a journey of unpacking. And we talked about this, um, I think probably our first episode, it, we talked about all of the ways that our early experiences of life, our lived experiences impacted us. And I think in a lot of ways, it created these shadows, this, these parts of ourselves that we hid, or that we somehow got the message that it wasn't acceptable. And so we started to be what other people expected of us. And, and for some grownups, some adults, yeah, I work with children, so I use the term grownups a lot. Um, for some of us adults, we still are in that space of not being able to step in to our truth. Not because we don't want to, per se, but we don't know how. What are your thoughts about that, Mark? Man, there's... <laughs> There, there, there's so many, right? There's so many thoughts and so many things. Um, we're really truly stepping into your power, right? But we just don't know how, right? When I think about this and I look at my life today as an adult, right? Who knows what the fuck I am sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, what, 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 what it, what, what this is, what this brings up for me is work environment right um and 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 you go back to the being that person that you don't want to be right so for a long time i've been in the hospitality industry for 20 plus years believe it or not right and there's some things that that bug the fuck out of me about it right like i love people don't get me wrong i really enjoy that part right but also those same people that i love bring out parts of me i always want to like choke the shit out of them right <laughs> right <laughs> and there was yeah. a there was a while there was a while back where i was falling out of love of what i was doing right it just wasn't bringing me joy it wasn't bringing me excitement right like all that amazingness got sucked out of me and for a long time I put that blame on my surroundings, mm. right? I put yeah. that blame on my guest, right? Being needy as fuck. Well, I'm in the hospitality industry. People will come to get waited on, to get service, right? To create an experience for them. Two, right? My coworkers, right? Like the slow as fuck or they just not trained properly, right? Maybe somebody's leading you that is not qualified to lead you, right? And trying to boss me around, right? And when I looked at this, it looked like from the outside, all this was happening to me. Right. And I would want to blame everybody like, well, if you didn't talk to me like that, or if you didn't do this, I got shitty tips because people just don't tip well because whatever reason, right? Um, but then I came across Debbie Ford's work. I realized, holy smokes. Wait a minute. The only reason why I heard this term, and I don't even know where I heard it or what, but it was it was in my it, it was along the quest of my search for why am I feeling this way, right? Like why am I always angry and pissed off? Like I used to love this. Why do I hate it now? 
right? Like relationships, right? Like they start all great and awesome sauce, right? Because you bring your best foot forward and they start revealing who they really are, not realizing that my job was holding a mirror up to me, mm. right? I was bossy as fuck, right? So when somebody was bossing me around, that's when it started triggering me. That's a good term. People listen, remind this, this is going to, you're going to hear the word trigger, right? Because if you are triggered by something, it's typically somebody holding up a mirror to you and you're seeing those parts of the people that you don't want to be that's inside of you, right? Is that kind of along the lines of what you're talking about, right? Yeah. Becoming that person you don't want to see. So when I start seeing my guests, like be shitty right I, I started to realize wait a minute am i showing up as the best version of myself today like what am i emitting that they're mirroring back to me and why am i getting pissed off so this term i was talking about is if you're easily triggered that means you're easily manipulated now let that sink in for a while people if you're easily triggered, so let's just say if I come in and I piss you off, right? Let's just say you're listening to this and it pisses you off and your blood is boiling. You're being manipulated right now. Why? Because you let an outside force, right, dictate whether you're happy, sad, or angry. And when I realized that that what was happening, I was able to turn my work into a training ground, Right? Because where else can you go, right? Well, school, right? Church, right? With your fucking family at Thanksgiving dinner, right? Um, but work was an ultimate place, especially in the hospitality industry, to be able to see all your triggers being brought up at any part of the day, all damn day, right? So that's what it's been. And, and just because I've been on this work and this path and I've really tapped into this, even to this day, work. When I go punch a fucking clock for somebody, I still get triggered big time, right? Mm -hmm. And there's a lot of reasons for that. Let's just say lack of structure in the fucking workplace, right? No system, right? Lack of training. Remember we talked about motherfuckers bossing you around that don't know shit? It's not their mm -hmm. fault. It's just the system fucking sucks, right? And people are going to get pissed off about this, but it's true and you see it everywhere, right? There's not a There's not a shortage of great workers, right? The children of today are not sucky. They're just not trained properly. We don't know how to talk to them. So when I go to work and I think to myself, wow, I put myself here and I look and I get triggered. I got to think to myself, okay, Mark, <laughs> where is the lack of structure in my day, right? What systems do I not have implemented yet? And how do I show up consistently for myself? So all it is, is a reflection being pointed back to me, right? And I don't know if that makes sense to people, but that's what's been going on in my head. <laughs> yeah, you know, I've, I've never done what you do. Uh -huh. um, I don't know that I could do what you do. I mean, I work with, you know, I work with kids, like historically I've worked with kids, families in crisis situations. So I'm in crisis, I was in crisis intervention. Now I'm a consultant and so been a consultant for several years in education, but I specialize in trauma. I specialize in working with, you know, challenging situations. And I can imagine that there's a lot of overlap in the work that we do because we work with people. I can also imagine, and again, this is just me imagining kind of stepping into your shoes a little bit. I can imagine that every day brings different people 
with different personalities and temperaments and um, expectations and that you have to, and I think this is true of all servers, I think it's one of the hardest things to do because you're not really, I mean, I think in some cases you establish relationships with customers who return. Um, but I think that at any given moment, you have to be able to adjust and adapt based on what that individual is bringing. And that requires, I think, to be a, to be a good server. Because we just, we went to Dunkin' Donuts yesterday. I was going through the drive-thru to get a coffee. And um, we were, I, you know, did my order during, and you know, I don't know if anybody knows anything about coffee, but I'm a big coffee drinker. <laughs> so I know like at Starbucks, it sounds like this. Hi, welcome to Starbucks. What can I get started for you? At, du at, at Dutch Bros, we're about to talk about our entire life. Ooh, and, uh, yes, I'm glad you brought this shit up. I'm glad you brought this shit up. For real, watch, it's going to tie in perfect. Go ahead, go ahead, watch. And then when I go to uh, BR, you know, we're having this lovely conversation while the music's blasting and, you know, they're singing in the background. And then I go to Dunkin' Donuts and I love the coffee. Okay, I love the coffee at Dunkin' Donuts, but she's like, yeah, what, what, what do you want? <laughs> like, okay, so I'm gonna do, because I do a large iced coffee with no sugar in it, just cream. And then she says, and she didn't have, um, I said extra cream, and she didn't put that on the thing. And I said, don't you normally put two? She goes, oh, yeah, okay. <laughs> she changed it. And so then she goes, okay, come up. And so I go up and it's just, such a different experience, right? And so my daughter is with me and I said to her as she handed me the coffee or after we were done, I said, yeah, she didn't sound like she was liking her job too much. And she was like, she doesn't even look like, she look like, sound like at all, like she is happy to be here today. And it makes a difference. It makes a difference to me as a customer. I bought my, I just got a car recently and, um, I had stopped. I have a Mini Cooper. And so I stopped at the mini dealership just out of, you know, let's go see what's available because nothing's available these days. And um, there happened to be the exact car that I built out sitting in the showroom. And um, and the guy was there one day. He was like, or no, he was three days in. So he was like not pushing a sale. We were just having a conversation. I just, I felt like comfortable and it was a lovely experience. So I come home and I tell my husband, you know what? I really liked him. I'm going to go back and buy the car from him. <laughs> so <laughs> I bought this car from him because I liked him. Customer service makes a difference to me anyway. Big time. And so, but, but it really requires, and we, we dismiss it like, oh, it's, oh, anyone can do this job. Bullshit. Not anyone can do this job well, but the skill set to be able to adapt and adjust and meet individual needs in three minutes is really, I think, a, a skill. It's a high level skill to do it well. Yes, you gave me tingles when you said that, right? Because this is a skill that can be taught, right? I wasn't the greatest. So let, let, let's go back to that Dunkin' Donuts, right? Let's go back to that Starbucks, right? Let's go back to that Dutch Bros, right? It's about the experience, right? So when I'd go to a place and I'd get shitty service, which is almost everywhere in the world now, right? Which is almost, key word, almost, guys, right? Because when you go to Dutch Bros, it's not like that. When you go to the Starbucks, it's not like that. You go to Dunkin' Donuts, yes, because their system's fucked up. It's not the employees, it's the system. So keep that in mind, people. It's the system. Now, if you don't have a system for yourself, 
this is what that looked like for me going to Dunkin' Donuts. What could I get you? This motherfucker just like, what the fuck are you doing here? Right? It's <laughs> going in my mind. Right? Right. You're not doing that properly. The inner critic, right? That shadow aspect of me is being triggered by this shitty customer service because I know I give great customer service. Well, I thought I did. Right? So there was a lot to learn from going to restaurants and getting shitty service because if I'm being triggered by that shit, hmm, I'm only able to recognize it because it's inside me somewhere. Damn, do I give attitude off sometimes? Right? Am I that person sometimes? Do I leave my shit at the door and when I walk in? I wasn't doing that. Right? But when I found this work and I started looking at that and I started playing the game to where I let people trigger me so then I could figure out why are they triggering me? It created a total different realm and a total different experience for me. Right? And I started realizing, holy shit, nobody taught me this system. Right? I had to figure it out on my own. Right. And when you think about these places like Dunkin' Donuts versus um, what do we call it? Dutch bros. Dutch bros. Right. Mm-hmm. Now keep in mind, okay, remember I talked about the children, the youngsters coming in, the 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 new age, right? Remember when we the talked about how we wanted Gen- yeah, remember <laughs> we want to complain about these mother lovers, right? So this might be the shadow of the owner saying, we can't find nobody. Nobody wants to work and blah, 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 whatever the fuck, right? But wait a minute. And they want to blame the age range, right? But when you go to Dunkin' Donuts and then you go to Dutch Bros, the age range is basically the same, right? So you telling me Dutch Bros just happen to get lucky all those times and Dunkin' doesn't? No, right? I go to Dunkin' for the experience of the coffee, not the service. Oh, no. Yeah, Duncan. See, I go to Dutch Bros for all that shit. I go to Starbucks for all that shit because it's an experience. Right. So when I noticed in the customer service that I was being triggered by something, that's what led me to start doing the inner work and realizing, wait a minute, I'm only being manipulated by the shitty customer service because something inside of me is not figured out properly. Right. Right. So I'm glad you brought up that Duncan stuff. Yeah, you know, I well, I talk a lot about in when I do my my in person trainings, um, in education, I talk a lot about the not only the customer service side of things, but how it lands on someone, how somebody receives that, um, are different forms of communication. But as you were talking, what I really what where shadow work has been significant for me, because I really believe that all of the shadows that we are willing to take a look at and understand really stem from our very early experiences of life. And we, in our interactions with others, it provides the opportunity for us to really unwrap that, to understand it, because as you said, we get triggered. And one of the things, or what I was thinking about was my relationship with my husband. Because as a child, you know, I, I, I did get love and affection from one side of my family, but I didn't get it from my mom, who was my primary caregiver, basically. She had full custody of us. <clears throat> and so I didn't feel safe. I didn't feel connected. And I didn't feel um, a lot of affection. So fast forward many years. And what do I want from my husband? I want affection. I want him to, um, you know, adore me, 
to do for me, to drop everything for me. It's like I wanted all of these things that I felt was missing within me. And I realized, and I don't, I can't even pinpoint where in our relationship that I realized, number one, what I was asking for were the things that I felt like I, I never had, I didn't get. And so I was asking him to fulfill that void within me that came from childhood. The second thing that was really a huge aha moment, and I don't think they happened like at the same time, I think time went on, was that at one point I sat back and I was like, well, fuck, am I doing that? <laughs> like when I say to him, I want you to be more affectionate. Now, let me, let me, let me just kind of preface this a little bit because I was, when I was young, I was raised to um, be very strong, very independent. Um, I don't need a man. We go out to dinner. I'm going to pay my way. You pay your way. I don't need you to pay for me. So that was my whole mentality, right? So we get married. I'm independent. I don't need you to take care of me. I don't need any blah, blah, blah. Leave me alone. I'm going to do my own thing. My husband was like, cool. You know, I'm going to go play basketball. I'm going to do my thing. We do things together. We have separate lives. It was great. And then... I want him to do more for me. And then I'm like, but I need you to take care of me. But I need you to like love me and show affection. And I went, he was like, what the hell? We never did that before. <laughs> he's like, so he's confused. And I'm finally, there was that moment where I'm like, all the things that I'm asking of him, do I do any of that? Do I show affection willingly? Do I lean in and, you know, hug him out of nowhere? Do I, do I do any of those things? Do I do things extra for him? And I think a lot of women, we do stuff like clean the house and so we get irritated because, you know, the husband throws the garbage and we're like, he's like, I threw the trash. I'm like, okay, you threw the trash. <laughs> like you don't get a cookie or a, a cookie or a star for that. You threw the trash. But I think that there were so many things that I just, I realized I was asking, but I wasn't giving. And it was really with the intent to fill a void that I was feeling. That was a huge aha moment for me. And it's, it's one of the things that I, I have to, I have to work on. Like I consistently have to work on because it's easy for me to move back into an old pattern of behavior where I just do what I need to do. And so, and then I go, oh, wait, you haven't shown me affection. <laughs> and it's like, wait, Isabella, have you shown any affection? So it's, it is, it's kind of what you're saying about, you know, when you're triggered by something and you're like, oh, I'm noticing it. Am I doing that? Do I do that? Or how do I respond to those situations this is exactly this in my relationship. Definitely, definitely. Right. Because it basically is shadow work is relationship right it's the relationship within that you have within yourself and then how that projects out right that's another right. word projection right a lot of the times we project our shadows onto every other people for scarcity reasons right out of fear right are we coming from a loving part of our personality or fearful based right so when you were talking you start thinking about like times when you were younger and growing up right let's get back to this structured thing for me right my dad and my mom, my mom was strict as fuck, right? Like we could only go so far, far enough that we could hear her whistle. Now my mom could whistle pretty damn good, right? My mom and dad could whistle pretty good, right? And so if we were out playing, right? We had our friends trained because if we didn't hear it, they had to hear it, right? Because if we, my mom whistled and we weren't back within like a five minute window, we were getting fucked up, 
right? right? Beat, right? Spanked, right? And I think my mom really enjoyed it growing up, right? Because that was like that, that fear-based, like, you know what I mean? You're not going to be a bad kid because I'm going to beat it out of you, right? Type of mentality. And that shit, well, we talked about this. I'm here and it seemed to have work, but it didn't because it fucked me up, right? And that's, I had to work with some of that stuff. So, and then my dad too, my dad had a different type of structure. He gave us more leeway and he didn't have to whistle. We didn't have to be back and fine. My dad didn't give a fuck where we were at, right? However, we had a schedule of how to pull weeds, when to pull weeds, when to clean the yard. Like he kept us in that kind of line. We were like little slave workers, right? And I wonder why kids grow up and they know how to use a rake and they know how to use a hoe and not a, a garden tool hole, right? My dad told me how to use those <laughs> other hoes too, but this one we're talking utensils in the garden, okay? <laughs> but anyhow, when, 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 when I thought that I didn't want structure, right? And, and I try to get away from that, right? So when people started telling me to do things and I didn't like it, I hated it, which is kind of funny now because structure I enjoy when it comes to certain things, right? The same things that I didn't like my dad for, the same things that I my mom annoyed the fuck out of me for is what annoys me now in some of the companies that I work with, right? The lack it, of structure? Are you lack referring of structure, lack of yes. Structure? Yeah. Lack of structure, it, it triggers me to this day, right? And it's so funny that Back then, it triggered me because I had too much structure. Here, right. there's no fucking system or no structure, right? And people, it's kind of just like a free-for-all, right? And I'm just thinking to myself, like, holy smokes. It kind of goes full circle, right? It kind of goes full circle um, because when I was younger, I looked at structure as a form of imprisonment, right? My parents were instilling some really cool things into me that I didn't realize at the time, but I hated it being a child, right? Nobody likes to be in chains, right? But now I go to work and I'm imprisoned by different types of chains, right? There's certain times where structure comes in handy. Like black people like to say, be in the moment, right? And I get being in the moment. I get when you want to just go with the flow and that's really cool. But in business, right? In customer service, there's a way to go about things. And if it's structured, I have a system that I work with, right? I'm one of the greatest at what I do. And people love working with me because I have a system, right? And the restaurant business is a team effort, right? right. And your guests are part of the team. And you got to be able to create that experience so that they make the whole experience better. But that's not always the case sometimes, right? So when I start thinking about that and look at the systems that I've built for myself that allows me to go into work, stay cool, calm, and collected because I'm recognizing my shadows when they're popping up in front of me, right? And I have to ask myself, like you ask yourself, shit, am I doing that? Am I not doing that? Am I being the best freaking teammate I could possibly be right now? Or am I being a douchebag, right? So that's what, <laughs> that's a really interesting take on that whole structure thing over here. And then <laughs> the lack of structure, right? And then once again, it just points towards me. Am I where I want to be right now? right? Am I doing the things that are pushing me forward, right? Pulling me forward. That's a better term. Am I doing the things that are feeling my soul inside and pulling me more towards my goals? And I think that's why I get annoyed with, with, with the lack of systems and structure in, in a nine to five, right? Could, because I think in somewhere inside of me, in my life, I'm not where I want to be because I'm not being totally structured and um, level-headed and focused for myself. 
That's, you know, it's really fascinating because you bring up a couple things. I think there are a lot of things within systems when we look at how systems are developed and created. Um, and systems, uh, I could go into hard systems and soft systems. And, and soft systems are really about the relationships that we form in order, the interdependency. And I think that the inter interdependency is just as significant in your work as it is in the work that I have done for many years because we are interdependent of one another. You know, for you, it's like the cooks need to make sure whoever's like pushing food out, that they're doing so in a timely manner, that there's communication, that like there, it's like everyone's is like a cog in a wheel and it really has to come together. And when there isn't communication and responsivity, and I think even respect on how we do that, then, I mean, it makes for a difficult situation. And I think the same is in my work. I think that part of the issue, and this goes into the leadership training that I have done for many years, is that number one, most of us do not know how to be effective communicators. I don't, I think that is a shadow. I think a lot of us, we pretend like we know how to be grownups, <laughs> responsible <laughs> grownups who know how to communicate. And I mean, I don't know how many times I have interviewed folks that sound great on paper or are able to articulate well in that moment. But when we get them actually working, like the ability to be able to communicate effectively, say what you want to say in a way that's respectful, not hold grudges, not manipulate the situation, not take it personal. And now because what happens is your drama and your inability to be able to effectively communicate with those of us who are working with you, it, that's the breakdown. But part of the leadership system or structure is that we have to actually teach people how to do that. We make assumptions that folks know how to do all those things I just mentioned. We make assumptions that because you are an adult, you know how to work through conflict, you know how to not take it personal, you know how to be kind even in a difficult situation where you do have to address some, you know, some things that are not so great to mention, but it needs to be brought to the table. Like th those are things we make assumptions about. And when we really go back to the topic that we have at hand, so many of our shadows are in a lot, like are there creeping along. And for many grown-ups, um, we don't take the time and, you know, because we're, we're in fields where, yeah, we walk in with this, you know, years of experience in terms of our spiritual work and development, but the folks we're working with may not have had the same experiences as us. That's a high likelihood. So we come in with this lens and other folks are like, you know, what the fuck? I don't give a shit. I just need this taken care of. Or, or you didn't listen to me and we're placing blame. And again, those shadows start to come out and we're unconscious of it. We're unaware of it or they're unaware of it. We're unaware of it. And then the system breaks down because number one, we didn't provide the necessary training or support. We don't acknowledge that we all have different lived experiences, the way we communicate, our cultural differences, um, even our work, our past prior experiences. We don't create a climate and a culture of how we relate to one another, how we communicate with one another. Again, assumptions are made. They're adults. They can figure it out, which is one of the biggest lies ever. It's bullshit. You know, I, I, I don't know. My work as a consultant, I get a lot of work because I'm dealing with adult bullshit. Interpersonal. <laughs> in a bill, I'm not kidding. Interpersonal. I, know, interpersonal I, I believe issues. 
Yeah. Like not being able to communicate effectively with one another. And the biggest thing ever is I'm unwilling to forgive. I'm unwilling to forgive because of what happened last week. But that's bullshit. It's not what happened last week. It's what happened to you when you were three years old. It's the way your father treated you. It's the way, it's the thing that happened when you, at your first workplace, your first employment experience. And this in front of you is simply a reminder of all of those things that are left unhealed. So we're not just dealing with what people are showing up with. We're dealing with all of the shadows that they bring along with them. And we make assumptions about, again, they're grownups. They should be able to have these conversations. It's bullshit. It's bullshit. We need to start unpacking this stuff. Big time, right? I, I totally get it. Because now that I got a different lens, now that I'm able to see, right? why things are the way they are, right? It's like, wait a minute. It's like, I, I, I say this quite a bit. Like, why would I buy a fucking Ferrari from somebody that's driving a Pinto, right? A Ford. Would I take personal training sessions from somebody that doesn't look like they take their self-care personal, right? Like, would I do business with somebody that I look at and could say, wait a minute, you're my ass on health issues, right? And the communication through this, which what, that I see, right? I look at how I used to. Now, now there's a difference between I, I had to learn this. I didn't know. I was young. I was 21. I went from hosting to managing, right? And nobody taught me the in-between. Mm -hmm. What yeah. I learned was you just tell people what to do and that's it. My right. way. Well, you bring in your old childhood ways. Yes. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I started. I started ruling with the iron fist like my mom did. Right. And I was young, and so a lot of the people that I was trying to boss around, right, because I was like, yeah, I'm the fucking boss. Right. A lot of people <laughs> are trying to boss around. We're like in their forties, right? Right. In their forties and their thirties, and they've been in this game for a long time, and here I am, a fucking hose, and I'm telling people what to do. And, and, and my, and, and the people that brought me up just said, Hey, this is what we're doing. This is how we do it. And whatever the fuck. So I ruled the iron fist. I didn't give a fuck. It's like, Hey, you didn't come in. You look kind of raggedy. You didn't, you didn't iron your shit. You're supposed to be on, on stage today. Go to the bathroom. There's an iron in there and go get some makeup. If you don't have any, borrow some from one of the other girls. Right. Oh, you're not doing that properly. Right. Instead of showing them how to do it, I was telling them how to do it. But then I thought to myself, Mark, do you even know how to do this shit? Right. I can't be telling people how to do stuff, right? And there's the difference between telling and then showing, right? Through lead by example, right? So like, that's another thing that came in. I, I started in this, in this industry, right? Because I had a lot of issues with kids that were, their parents owned the fucking business, right? I've been in that fucking situation so much in my life. So when I had this guy coming in, to try to tell me how to do my job when I'm on the fucking floor. I understand this restaurant, right? But you're going to come and try to tell me how you want things to be because you got a fucking degree, right? Wait a minute. Your degree shows you numbers. I'm showing you how to interact with people. And that shit would bug me, mm. right? And I started realizing, holy smokes. Okay, Mark, you might have to change the way you do things a little bit, right? So let's fast forward to now. Well, let me tell you, I don't fucking manage, right? But for a long time, I worked really, really, really hard because that's what I was taught, right? And if I worked really, really hard, I would get rewarded by praise, right? No, 
I didn't get rewarded with praise. I got rewarded with more work by other motherfuckers, right? Could do less and wouldn't really be in trouble because why? That's what they expected from them. But I had to go above and fucking beyond, right? Bed back than works and beyond, like, and, and, and that was part of me, right? That was something I wasn't willing to let go because to me, hard work equaled payoff later. I didn't want to let my family down. Mark, you're a hard worker and it's what you're doing. And it took a long time for me to face that shadow and say, wait a minute, hold on. Why am I doing this so hard? Why am I running ragged, right? When all that happens is more gets piled onto my plate. And I thought because more was getting piled onto my plate that these people loved me because they entrusted me, right? No, I was just being used, right? Part of my shadow that I didn't want to face was like, Mark, you love yourself. And if you love yourself, you wouldn't be allowing yourself to hang, have anxiety. You wouldn't be allowing yourself to go home and drink a half bottle of fucking vodka every night with a 12 pack of beer. You wouldn't be out there sleeping around with a whole bunch of random women all the time, right? Because these are all shadow aspects that come up due to one environment, but lined back all the way to our childhood. Yep. Right. So I want to kind of, I want to lean into that a little bit because I think that's true for a lot of us. Um, you said hard work was how I got approval and acceptance and love. And so I think a lot of us got that message as children that you had to, number one, you have to work really hard. And because of the inequities in the world, many of us people of color have to work harder and we don't even realize it because it's just part of the system. Right. So we have to work really hard. And if you don't if you don't accomplish great things, that's your fault because you didn't work hard enough. OK, so that's part of the system. I think um, when we do start and, and, you know, I I have my doctorate. I was in school for 26 years. Damn, Dr. I know. Right. 26 years of my life that that had nothing to do with me. That was me trying to reach a level of worthiness so that I could then get the final approval and the love and the affection that I was seeking from my mother. Look, I can accomplish. Because one of the things she used to say to me is she goes, if you leave, because she used to threaten me, she actually gave me away a couple times. And so she used to threaten me that, you know, without her money, that I would not be able to accomplish anything. And when you're a kid, you don't know about financial aid. You don't know about those things until you get to the age that, you know, there's someone who can help you along the way. And so I was under this understanding that without her, I would be nothing. And she would say that my dad was nothing and that you want to be just like him. And so it was she it was all fear based. Right. And so I kept working and working and working because I needed to prove to her that was my mentality. I needed to prove to her that I wasn't nothing, that I could accomplish great things. But really, when you really look at it, it was I was seeking love and approval and affection. And I needed to know that I was worthy of those things from her. Ooh. So there I was, 30 in my early 30s in a doctoral program, looking around. And I was running a crisis intervention program at the same time. And I'm looking around this room and everybody's almost twice my age. They're on the back end of their um, careers. This was like one of their final you know, goals that they wanted to accomplish. 
And I remember thinking, what the fuck did I do to myself? And for a while, I was angry when I was in my program because I was like, I put myself in this situation. I'm running a crisis intervention program. I'm losing my mind here. And it's like, but I didn't want to take out loans and not have not have anything to show for it. Like now I'm paying back school and not have a degree to show for it. So I stuck with it. And when I finished it, it was one of those things where I realized on the back end of that, not a damn thing changed in my life. Now, have opportunities open doors? Yes, absolutely. And people will say, oh, Dr. Garcia, oh yeah, that changed. But in terms of like my day-to-day, -day, you know, I still go to the grocery store and I still do all the things that I did the day before I got the degree because, and, and that happens regardless of who you are. But I realized at that point that that had nothing to do with my educational journey. I learned a lot. I know a lot, I implemented it, but the true reason why I worked so hard for so long was for that love and acceptance and approval. Yep. And yep. so that was a huge shadow of mine, a huge. And I realized that number one, I haven't had a relationship with my mom in 30 years. So it's not like we had a direct connection where I could even show it to her. But second, it doesn't even matter because really what matters is my, my love for myself, my approval, my knowing that I'm worthy of those things that I was seeking outside myself for. Yeah, you said two key things that really jumped out to me um, because that, that, you know what I mean? Like these intertwine, right? It's really cool to hear stories. Um, once again, people, people ask me this all the time. How long have you known Isela? Well, I've known her for 15 episodes. <laughs> which we're coming up on a year now right yeah um but you said i put myself here right and help mm -hmm. right um well when, when i look back and i see the positions that i'm in right now and i look how far i've come and i realize that i still don't get the recognition right because this is still, this still irks me. This is a part of my shadow that I, I recognize. And I, and I seen this in certain parts, like, yeah, people, people will tell you what they want to tell you that you're, you're amazing for them. As long as you're able to help them with what you do. Right. right? Yeah. Like, yeah. You, like, uh, like, man, I know what I'm great at. Right. And, and for so long, I, I took what I was great and I helped make other people's shit greater. Yeah. Right. I had to learn to, to, to kind of not, I had to separate myself from this we shit, right? Like the businesses that I work with, oh, we have this, we have that, we do this, this is, no, 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 no. They have this, and this is what I help with, right? Because that, remember, we were talking about we do things because we want that praise. That's a part of shadow of me. As I do things and I go above and beyond because I want to be the best and the greatest. And I am, to me, in my mind, you can fucking see what I do. I guarantee you nobody in the place that I work at can do what the way I do. Now, I'm not saying that there's not other good people, right? But being good and being great are two different things because there's a whole bunch of stuff on there. And I'm not being arrogant about this. This is because I love myself enough and I know my worth now. Right. Right. So when I hear people praise this, and here's another thing that I that that triggers me is toxic praise. Right. Part of oh. shadow work I'm working on. Oh, right? yeah. So Big when time. you come in and you tell somebody that they're so fucking great and at best they're mediocre. Remember, we're talking about people that are put in place versus qualified for the place, right? We just need a body 
to soak up. And I know that. How do I know that? Because I was that fucking slave one time. I didn't know shit, but people put me in there and I had to figure it out. Right? I wasn't trained. I wasn't showed properly, but I was fortunate enough that I had this lady step up and she took me under her wing. Right? That's to help. She helped groom me. Right. She saw what I was about to go through. She knew I was about to be a fucking slave for a long time. Right. And she knew that I was doing things not the right way. And so she took me under wing. and She really taught me. Well, Miss Letty, I love you. If you ever come across this. Right. Um, and, and, and now that I see that now and because I, I, because I still struggle with this. Right. I still struggle with this in that because I see it all the time. I'm just like. But once again. I tell myself, this is how I this is how I get my set in the zone. I know that I'm going into this place that has no structure, right? I know they have no fucking system whatsoever. The system is just like, I don't know, we'll just wing it, right? <laughs> no pun intended because it's a wing place. <laughs> um, and then I tell myself, I have to this is what I have to tell myself. I choose to be here, right? I choose to be here, Mark. And what can you learn from this experience, right? You are here, you can feel these feelings and how do you explore them, right? And then how do you tell the stories without bringing the others down, but simple for the fact of what I'm going through. So when I tell these stories, it's not to throw shade at other individuals because they are aware to their level of awareness. They're at where they need to be at perfectly fine for them. However, as a team, as growing, asking for help, that's as far as that goes, right? I go in, I do my job to 180%, not because I want that praise anymore, but because every day I step into this place, I get better as an individual. So when I go out into the world and I'm creating what I create, when I'm advising my teammates, when I'm with my clients, I'm a better person. Because of those scenarios that I learned to respond differently to, right? And even though I still get triggered with this toxic praise shit, right? I could sit here and we could have this conversation and say, okay, what do I need to work on next, right? So these triggers are actually really amazing. They're blessings from the universe saying, hey, Mark, there's still some shit that you need to work on. You ain't the greatest yet. You might be the greatest on the floor serving tables and making people laugh when you when you make fun of them. However, that inner work, there's still some spots that need to have a little light shed on them. And I could tell that because I get fucking angry. Yesterday I was angry, right? And I could look around and just see things that people can't see. Or maybe people do see them, but their shadow allows them to overlook it. Why? Because they don't want to deal with their own shit and they don't like to hear the truth. And if I tell the truth, well, then, no, it's me. I'm the one that's a rogue. I'm the one that's a disgruntled. I'm the one that's not seeing clearly. It's like, no, motherfuckers, I see clear as day. You're just so blinded by whatever it is, and that's your level of awareness, and that's fine. That's cool, right? But I know, once again, this is stuff that's going on with inside me. It's not the outside world's fault, right? It's something I have to be able to take responsibility for, right? Yeah, that, that's a big one. Actually, there's a couple things here. I think blame is something that a lot of us, um, again, it's a, a thing a lot of us grew up either hearing people do, place blame on someone else. Uh, 
It's somebody else's fault that my life is miserable. It's somebody else's fault that work sucks. It's somebody else's fault that I don't have, um, you know, the things that I would like to have in my life. It's somebody else's fault. So blame and blame was very, very much a part of my experience um, I, as a child. There were so many times that something would happen in the house and my mom would automatically blame me for it. And I wasn't even near it. Like it wasn't even like I wasn't. She was like, what did you do? What did you do? That was she would always that would come out of her mouth. What did you do? Did you do that? Were you over there? And so I'm <laughs> very aware of how we engage when, you know, we're in a reactive state and whether blame is the first thing that comes out of my mouth, because it's something that I grew up with and it became a pattern for me. So I had to you know, become very aware of when I had the inclination to do that. Um, I think what you said earlier about projection, like when I do have the inclination to blame what's happening within me, right? Like, what is it that I'm, that's reminding me of either something that I have not, um, that I'm not doing on a consistent basis or something I have yet to heal. One of the things that, um, you were talking about praise because we do, and, you know, I mentioned this already that we seek outside affection and attention and praise because it's an issue of our own worthiness. It's an issue of, of saying, Hey, I'm, I'm being seen. I'm being recognized. That means I'm lovable. That means I'm worthy. Um, and I get a lot of praise in the work that I do. I'm a very effective trainer and I'm a very effective leader. And, um, and I get a lot of accolades for that. And I will tell you that it is as addictive as anything else that it's like another addiction. It's this addiction that of, of validation. And I often talk about becoming a praise junkie where you're like looking for your next hit, you know, tell me that I'm good enough. Tell me that I'm pretty. Tell me that I'm smart. Tell me that you had, that you learned something. Change, tell me that this somehow changed your life. And that's a shadow that a lot of people are unwilling to, to admit. And so it was one of the things that I had to be really aware of because, you know, we get negative, something negative, and we'll hold on to that shit. But those positive things are just as impactful because we're filling up a void. So what I really had to work on, I think I've done this the last 15 years, is to really come from that space of neutrality. And, and, and what I mean by that is that when someone says to me, wow, what you said, what you did or whatever was really impactful to me, I recognize that I am doing just what's the divine work that I have agreed to do. And even further, what I mean by that is I really believe that the work that I get to do either in education or that I'm doing in my spiritual work is really divinely guided. That I, what I have to offer isn't just a seller offering. It's that I've agreed to be the messenger, the channel, the one who offers, not the one, but a person who is willing to offer these experiences and, you know, say the things, listen the way that you need it. But that, that I don't take that credit. I mean, I recognize and I don't need. I guess what I'm saying is I don't need the praise in order to see myself as a worthy, capable, be and i recognize that what i offer to you is divinely guided <clears throat> it's not isella being like the best you know medium or the best spiritual teacher 
that's in partnership with what is beyond me. And so it's a weird space because I balance those two things. Does that make sense? Yeah, it, it does. It makes sense to me, right? Because I, I, I think about I think about that stuff because I used to love to be praised, right? I, I, I love that shit. When people say, hey, you're, you're great at this, you're great at that, right? And I now I'm able, I used to be like, no, 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 no. Now I'm saying, well, thank you very much. I appreciate that. I worked really hard in order to get to this spot, right? Now, when I talk about toxic praise, also, like back in the day, like my friends love that I'm very witty, right? I could come off the top of the head. And we talked about this, like you throw three, three darts at me, I'll throw 10 back, right? I already have 10 ready. Like I'm already building shit in my head for you, just what you might say, right? Now you might not, and you're lucky, right? <laughs> but I used to love and thrive on that shit. And my friends would be like, wow, you're so great. It's so awesome. You really cut them down. And they enjoyed me cutting people down. But at some point in my life, remember when I was going to work and I was hating my life and I didn't like it, I was blaming everybody around me. Then I would always wonder why people were always attacking me and I always had to be a douchebag, right? Mm -hmm. I started not liking being a douchebag, but my friends loved it and they would praise me every time for it. And even though I didn't like being the douchebag, right? I didn't like really like being sarcastic in, in a negative way to people to hurt their feelings. My friends loved it. So I got high on that praise, even though I felt shitty wow. for doing it, right? Wow. Them saying, wow, that was awesome. That was amazing, right? It's and addictive. I, it's it addictive. is addictive. Wow. And, and it trips me out now to see where I'm at now. Like, I'm not saying I'm not sarcastic still, but there's a right. time and place for it. There's not like, I don't do it to shoot you down. I do it in a playful manner that me and my guests are going back and forth and it's, friendly yeah. right and but i think about that as like holy smokes i remember when people here's another thing people used to tell me i was great at things that i wasn't great at right but in order to keep me doing it or to keep me there or because i was the body they made me believe that why because they'd rather have me there than nobody there right right here's another toxic praise and i would eat that shit up even though i wouldn't do well and somebody would tell me you know you're really not good at that right Thank you, people, for telling me that I wasn't really good at something because those are the true mother lovers you want in your life, right? Not the ones that are going to hype you up when they know you ain't good. I don't want those kind of fucking friends. I want friends that be able to tell me, Mark, nope, you need some work in that area, right? Because that's how we're going to grow, right? So those well, are and the that's manipulation. I mean, it, it exactly. Really yes, yeah. it is manipulation. It's like you're, 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 you're buttering somebody up, right? Like, you know, I learned this way because I used to sweet talk women, right? I'm going to call it that. Sweet talk them, right? You manipulate them. You make them believe they're better than they really were at certain things. Why? Just because you'd rather have <laughs> you brother have one that night or none at all, right? And sometimes you just gotta suck it up. <laughs> right? And I'm not saying that because like I, I'm proud of that, but that's another shadow aspect, right? That I really had to deal with, right? Is all that shit that I've done that I feel ashamed of. Like all you ladies that are out there, once again. I am sorry. <laughs> I apologize for my dickish ways, right? All those people out there that I sold horrible drugs to, and one of them was my friend, and I could have ruined your fucking life. I had to deal with that shadow work yeah. inside because I was ashamed of it for so long. And yeah. it would kill me, and I didn't realize it, right? That it was slowly killing me. But now that I, and these are all different aspects of the shadow people, right? We, I have one more I want to bring up before we kind of, come start to wrap this up a little bit and um money money was one of my big shadows 
Mm. And it is, it is the one, and I know we've talked about this before, but it really is those messages that I got as a child. First off, we hear all these things like money doesn't grow on trees, what you think we have money, you know, we don't, have, it's like all of these beliefs about poverty, right? That, that we're poor and that we don't have money and money doesn't come easily. And then what happened is that I was raised to be extremely, and I'm going to use the word proud, like a pride, that I pride in what I was able to accomplish and was unwilling to accept help from others because that would make me look weak. Ooh. Right? Yes. And so when somebody would say, hey, you know, even something as simple as, oh, don't worry about it. I got the meal. You know, we go to dinner together. Don't worry about it. I got the meal. And I'm like, no, 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 no. It's okay. I'll pay for it. I'll pay for it. I'll, at least I'll pay my way. Even with my freaking husband, you know, when we were dating, when we got together, it's like we split things. We split. I'm like, nope, nope. I don't need your help. I don't need you. I can do this on my own. And what I realized, fast forward many years, is number one, money is is energy. And all those years that, first off, the word money had to do with my worthiness because I got to a place in my own work that they were like, well, how much will it cost for you to come out and do blah, 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 blah. I'd be like, don't worry about it. It's okay. I'll do it for free because there's this weird thing where I'm going to pay my way and I'm going to give because if I start to charge for what I'm worth, you're not going to want me anymore because you're going to realize that I'm not worth that much. So it was this very confusing relationship I had with money. And now going back to what I said, money is energy. And so when somebody says, hey, I'll take care of that cup of coffee. Don't worry about it. I It, it was like my throat would close in for me to say, oh, thank you. Thank you for that. Because it was so deeply entrenched in my belief system that if I accepted help, and that's the way I perceived it, that that made me weak. But on the flip end of it, I couldn't say what I was worth when someone wanted to hire me. When I first started as a consultant, I would I would totally like other people were charging this much and I would bring it down just a little bit because I'm not I'm not that good. I'm not that worthy of that much money. And so that has been one of my biggest, biggest shadow healing work was really claiming what I'm worth. And when I say how much I charge to come out and for me to do a keynote, people are like, and I'm like, that's what I'm worth. And I also more willing now to receive the gift of a meal or a coffee or whatever that somebody is willing to pay for. When that was, like I said, my throat would close in and I thought I was gonna pass the fuck out because I couldn't say thank you. <laughs> Yes, I'm glad you brought up that help, right? Since that's yeah. one of the topic in the zone of how I work in restaurants, right? Asking for help. Somebody said, hey, do you need anything? No, I could be in the fucking weeds a long time ago and still wouldn't want help. Why? Because help meant that I probably couldn't do my job properly, yeah. which was the dumbest thing ever because I probably would have been able to make more tips if I would have received that help sooner, right? But asking for help was a sign of weakness. Weakness. Yep. And, and I think that's and I think that's the number one reason why the systems suck nowadays. Right. The systems in a lot of these places, because it's not just the hospitality industry, it's almost global. 
You got right. these people that don't want to ask for help, right? They think because they ask for help that it's going to be weak. How do I know that? Well, because I was in a similar position. Something so simple as asking when a server asked me, hey, do you need some help? Well, the reason why, here's a shadow. Because if I ask somebody if they needed help and they told me, yeah, I'd be like, oh, you suck. You need my help, right? Because that's the era that I grew up in. Right. Not realizing how toxic that was, right? Remember being a bully, right? I remember being a manager. And if I had to help somebody, I'd be like, what, you can't keep up? Well, no, they can't keep up. They're one person trying to take care of 30, right? right. You try getting set four tables at once with four people at it. And you want to come over here and be like, oh, you're struggling? Yeah, I'm, I'm one person. And you're telling me that I got to come, right? I got I, I to gotta greet them. I got to take the order. I got to give them a fucking menu tour. I got to go get their drinks. I got to put their food order in. I got to bring plates and chips and salsa and all this other crazy shit. And you want to stay here? Like, I was that douchebag. Like, yeah, I expected more out of them, right? But even though I expected more of them, I didn't train them properly, right? So that's why I look back to myself too. Like, oh, asking for help is so... So, so, so critical, right? Especially when it comes around that money era, right? Because I don't, I'm having that issue too. It was like, what do I charge people? What is this? And I think to myself, like when I get tipped, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna enlighten some of you. And I'm not saying this to brag or whatnot, but I average about 35% tip average, right? That's 35%. A good server, 20%. Great server, 25, 30. But I average 35, almost getting in that 40 point. Let's just put it this way. And this is crazy, right? The last few weeks, somebody has left me Let's just say they, 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 their bill was $50, right? But because they asked me um, interesting questions and I gave them interesting answers, right? I got a $200 tip on a $50 tab. That's amazing. Right? Yeah. And yeah. I didn't say, no, I can't accept this because back then I would have. Right. Said, yeah, totally. Thank you very much for that, right? Another time, just, just like this is two weeks in a row. Another person said, here, you know what? I really enjoy because they you start talking to people and you start having these conversations. They want to know what you do, right? They don't want to know. They 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 just know this is not all you do. This is just can't be. You're just you're you're great at this and you like and you you can tell you love to be here, right? Right? You're not that Dunkin' Donuts person. No offense, Dunkin' Donuts, right? You're more like the one that's <laughs> over at Starbucks. You're more like the one that's over at Dutch Bros, right? And I could tell. I could see it in you. Here you go. Whatever it is that you're working on, here you go. Here's a hundred dollars on a fifty dollar check, right? Now that wasn't the tip. The tip was 20 on the 50. The $100 was extra, right? They made sure they, they told me that, right? And I'm not saying this to brag. I'm saying this because I know when you switch your inner world, when you start to face your shadows yeah. and you start to integrate that, you start emitting a different type of level of awareness and people pick up on that because they're in tune. The same reason somebody could give you the creeps, somebody could give you the fuzzies, right? On the inside right in yeah. their heart right and you might give some people fuzzies in other areas and tingles right but that's a different story right <laughs> <laughs> but when i think yeah. about that back in the day i wouldn't have felt worthy enough to accept that i would be like no 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 no, it's okay i'll take the 20 you keep that 100 i don't, I don't need it right yeah and I, a similar experience, once I started to open up and I started to believe the value of what I had to offer, I would start, I started getting contracts that matched that offer. Well, thank you everybody for showing up. Um, season two, Brown and Spiritual AF, um, Shadow Integration and whatnot. Um, I am Mark Sanchez. 
You can find me on Instagram, Mark underscore my underscore magnificence. That's where I'm highly active for the moment. As we move forward, you a little bit know about what I do, right? I do take private clients and I do help train groups in shadow integration also. And I also am really great with um, energy healings. I just don't tell people that much as as an opportunity to let the shadow really out, right? And uh, Missy Sella, where can people find you? And what is it that you're super duper amazing at? So my website, isellagarcia.com, is the best place to get all of my information. Once again, thank you guys very much for rocking with us. And we look forward to seeing you in two weeks. You guys have a great day. Love you.